Cristo. Ladies and gentlemen, we are tonight. We are going to witness the most anticipated match in the history of professional wrestling. And this is the main event of the evening. Please welcome your host for today. Jason is here. Dude, I, I swear to God, I'm not as big an asshole as it sounds like. And Troy is here. Hey, I call them like I see them, all right? Look at it this way. It's the first thing we've done together as a team. I grab my dick, you grab your dick, you work my arm, I work your arm. Same time. Same time. It's like jerking off together, but not gay. We're not touching dicks. Each other's dicks, anyway. I'm touching my own dick. You're working it, and I'm loving it. Well, enough is enough, and it's time for... The Rundown. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. It is the Rundown Wrestling Podcast, episode 330. I am your co-host, Troy. With me, as always, the Big Stick, a.k.a. Mark Green, a.k.a. Jason the Destroyer, a.k.a. host of the Rundown Sit-Down, a.k.a. Lord Rundownian Sit-Downian, Jason is here. A.k.a. maybe everyone's dad. Hey, there you go. <laughs> All right, so we got a big, big episode ahead of us because we have not only NXT TakeOver Philly to talk about, the Royal Rumble to talk about, but we also got a little something that we like to do every week. We call it the Perfect Ten. The Perfect Ten! A ten! A ten! A fucking ten! All right, so right off the bat... Here is a topic that I don't think either of us really want to touch on, but because we do this show, we're going to be forced to talk about it. Was that a poor, Troy? That was, that was poor phrasing right there, Troy. Oh, no, that was perfect phrasing. <laughs> and I was thinking about doing it all day. As we go talking about known chicken rapist Enzo Amore has been released from the WWE. And first we thought it was in regards to allegations made by a very inconsistent person uh but instead it turns out it's just because he failed to mention anything about uh the investigation against him to wwe that's right enzo amori was fired because for the past month or two the was it philadelphia uh but no i think it was arizona arizona yep because the arizona police department is uh looking into him after allegations of sexual assault against a female blogger who once faked a pregnancy uh, came to light. Uh, now, we are definitely not going to take a stance either way on the legitimacy of the claims. All we are going to talk about here real quickly is Enzo Mori getting fired from the WWE because of this. Well, if I, if I could just take a second, a couple of uh, things came out today that I figure are worth mentioning. Uh, first off, TMZ spoke with Enzo's accuser, who has been identified as Philomena Sheehan. Uh, she gave them permission to publish her name and show her face, because fame. Uh, Sheehan says she reportedly told Enzo to, quote, back off and leave her alone, but he refused to stop. Sheehan alleges that Enzo was hitting on her hard in a Phoenix hotel room at the Clarendon Hotel and Spa on October 19th of last year, adding that she tried to slow him down, saying, quote, I want to get to know you first. Sheehan alleges that Enzo 
ignored cons- uh, ignored consent and became very aggressive, ripping off her tights and raping her in various parts of the hotel room. I said no countless times, Sheehan said. I just kept saying no. Sheehan said she was crying as she begged Enzo to stop, but he threw her on the bed instead and hit her so hard that she passed out. She claims Enzo continued to restrain her and continued with the sexual assault. She also claims that Enzo was still there when she woke up the next morning and that he laughed at her when she asked for her clothes. Uh, And just to portray both sides of the story, Enzo, uh, his lawyer at least, issued a statement uh, this morning or late last night uh, saying over the last two days Philomena Sheehan has made multiple public accusations against Eric Arndt also known as Enzo Amore including allegations of sexual misconduct concerning an October 2017 incident in Phoenix Mr. Arndt fully and unequivocally denies those accusations he is cooperating with the authorities in this matter and looks forward to having it resolved in a timely manner neither Mr. Arndt nor his counsel will be making any further public comments on this matter I uh, just wanted to put a little context out there as to what both sides are actually saying. Um, you know, there's been her, some of her ex-friends now have come out and said they have text messages of her sort of bragging about having had sex with Enzo. Um, I, it, you never want to sit here and say a victim is lying because it's a hard thing to come forward for a true victim and you don't want to discourage people from doing that. So, uh, you know, you got to sort of reserve judgment until this thing plays out. But um, much to your point, this thing happened in October, and apparently the WWE officials found out about it when everyone else did, when it go, went rampant on Twitter. Um, and that was what prompted them to tell him to fuck off. And uh, I think the biggest, most important thing to come out of this is we don't know who's going to be the Cruiserweight champion. That's true. Um that that's definitely true on that on that account. Um, you know, I thought we were going to hear about it on two hundred five live, and then they proceeded to not not bring it up at all. So, um, and poor Cedric Alexander <clears throat> just lost his Royal Rumble payday. Yeah, very much so. Well, he might still be in the Rumble itself. Um, the uh, the other issue that this brings up is the fact that um, Rich Swan is still employed by the company, and. They have. Though they have, suspended, he is suspended. That is true. And but, their policy, their policy calls for him to be suspended when accusations are made until an investigation is continued. Again, <clears throat> Enzo not fired for the action. Right. Fired for withholding the information from the company. Right. Right. But the uh, the issue I, I come back to on this is that WWE's policy in terms of you know any kind of abuse, um, sexual or domestic has been a little lacking you know you look at somebody like um like adam rose where we knew that the assault happened but his wife just dropped the charges and the only reason that wb released him was because he requested his release because otherwise they were going to bring him back despite the fact that but he was suspended at the time he was suspended at the time yes i'm not saying they've been consistent in that regard yeah but the, the issue here is that if if rich swan did what he's accused of but his wife just drops charges. He'll be brought back, and everything will be fine. And that's not what I like. I see. I don't know that that's true. And but to your point, there is the issue I have with it is that I imagine there's sort of a double standard here, uh, in that a guy like Enzo is expendable. Yeah. Um, a guy like Rich Swan is expendable. If and I I don't say this because I have any 
knowledge that it's true, and, and I'm totally making this up, but let's say Kevin Owens was accused of something along these lines. Uh, he's a draw. He's a top-of-the-card right. guy. AJ Styles, top-of-the-card guy. Um, Braun Strowman, Brock Lesnar. If it's any of those guys, you sort of wonder if they have that same rush to action. Right. Yeah. We we also you know bring up with Enzo the fact that it it appeared as if they were looking for a reason to fire him as well because we know we've heard a lot of you know backstage issues with him and things like that. Um, you know, getting kicked off the bus. The fact that they've you know been kind of saying that while he's a draw. He's a gigantic asshole and a nuisance backstage. Um, so it, it seems like it was a little bit of like, okay, well, this is going to kind of push our hands, so let's go ahead and, and take care of it. I mean, you say that, but at the same time, they also built, basically transitioned 205 Live to be built entirely around the guy. Um, so I think there is there was a certain degree of, you know, in this mode, he brings attention and eyes to this particular product that's been struggling. Um However, at a certain point, you do reach the more trouble than he's worth threshold. Right. And I think once you get into a police case, that threshold, you probably fucking hit that threshold at that point. Well, and, you know, if anybody was going to tune in to, you know, to, to 205 Live before all this happened, or if they would have kept Enzo Mori around, well, if I type in Enzo Mori into Google... Uh, everything is about uh, him, his sexual harassment thing. So uh, not not exactly something that you want from a guy that you're trying to build an entire show around. And as we heard when they were talking about China's induction, potential induction in the Hall of Fame, Triple H is big into what comes up when you Google someone's name. Right. Uh, so um, couple, a couple more points just to sort of get to them. Um, in the vein, again, of just sort of telling both sides of the story, you mentioned uh, this, this his accuser. If you go look, and the, the videos are out there, you can go look at them on YouTube. Um, she does not portray, at least, as the most stable human being. Um, I, I don't know her personally. I don't. I had obviously never heard her name until this particular incident came to light. Um, but there is certainly reason, as if you needed some, uh, to say that the accused deserves a certain degree of benefit of the doubt in this case. That uh, I guess we're going to go into it a little bit more than I thought we were going to. Um, well, the, it's, the the t- it's the big story of the week, yeah. so I guess we might we yeah. should. The the biggest thing for me that kind of threw up my first red flag was um, this assertion by her that after this assault, she spent 42 days in a mental institute. And then a bunch of her followers mentioned, hey, uh, 39 days after the supposed incident, you were bragging about stealing a Sharpie from a store. And then all of a sudden that number changed to 26 days. Mm-hmm. And that's where you start to get really fucking worried that this person is making this up and making it harder yet again for actual victims to come forward. I agree 100% with that. And, yeah, whenever the story starts changing like that and things start getting kind of fabricated, that's, you know, I, I guess I shouldn't say say fabricated. When things start getting a little murky like that, where all of a sudden the story is not as clear as it was before, mm-hmm. that's where enough doubt can be thrown on, especially where Enzo Mori can obviously hire some pretty good lawyers, where that little bit of doubt is is going to be enough to, even if this did happen, 
they could still get thrown out just because of the inconsistencies in her story. Well, and I made mention to the friend, if you, I would urge you to go look at Enzo Amore's Innocent on YouTube. There's a video uh, done by one of her friends who can be seen in several of her videos. There is, in fact, a relationship. This isn't somebody who um, is just sort of pretending because it's the hot story. Um, who claims to, or purports at least to, show text messages on the screen doesn't just claim to have them, shows you screenshots of them, uh, of her bragging about the whole encounter. Um, again, I talked about some of her YouTube videos in which she openly discusses all the mental medications she's on, um, her mental issues she chronicles. She, At one point, direct quote, I'm out of my fucking mind. Um, so, you know, this girl, and again, I'm not saying it didn't happen because I don't know and I don't want to, but the image you portray to the public does come into play in situations like this. It does attack to, attach to your credibility, and her credibility does not appear great at this moment. Yeah. Not that Enzo's is great either, don't get me wrong. Right, exactly. Uh, yeah, just kind of looking at it, uh, that same person, also, you know, that that came forward with these these screenshots, also said that um, you know Philomena came or talked with her and said how excited she was to be on TMZ um, and asked if her you know, makeup looked good and her hair looked good. Typically, people who are going on there to share one of the worst moments of their life would not be so excited to do so. Well, that to me is the other thing. If you're talking about a legal case still playing out and being traumatized by this event, I would think the last thing most victims would do at that point is, you know, whore themselves out to TMZ, say, yeah, sure, use my video, use my name, use my face, put it all out there. Um, that, to me, also reeks of, of a lack of credibility. Yeah, I, I agree as well. And we'll see how this plays out. Obviously, we'll we'll keep our our ears open to what goes on with it, and um, you know this. Obviously, this doesn't close the door on Enzo returning to the WWE, but I know that this obviously puts a little bit of a damper on it, and it'll be some time before we see the certified G again. Right, and, and rightfully so, if any of this is true. Hopefully, right. You know, if any of this is true, he deserves to be in jail. And right, yeah. You know. Yeah, we'll we'll be the first people to you know to make jokes about the fact that he's a rapist. Uh, if he is, in fact, one. Uh, and, you know... That's, well, we already that's know he had his way with that chicken, so... That's true. I mean, that that's why the first thing on here said called him a chicken fucker. Mm -hmm. So... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess, uh, if, unless you have something else there, we can move on to no, another I topic. Think, I think we can move on. All right, all right. So, uh, speaking of getting fucked, <laughs> uh, the Manhattan Center... <laughs> without consent. Without consent. So when when we talked about Raw 25, I had, you know, they talked about doing it at two different venues. Mm -hmm. I had the idea in my head that they were going to do one hour at the Man Manhattan Center to start the show, and then the next two hours at the at uh, Brooklyn in order to let those guys at the Manhattan Center go home. <laughs> that wasn't the case. Instead, what we got was we got Manhattan Center would get a segment and then have to sit through about two or three segments in Brooklyn watching on the big screen for tickets that they, on average, paid $500 for. 
So I heard eighty, but I suppose it's it could be any. You know, obviously. Uh, that would be that would be for like the the top top ones, but okay. the people the people down ringside, it was between uh, four hundred and eight hundred dollars for ringside tickets. Okay. So you got those people in the front row paid all that money to watch Undertaker forget his promo, <laughs> to watch a lackadaisical four-minute match between Woken Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt. Which we'll talk about later. Which we'll, which we'll get to. And they get to see The Miz for a little bit. Uh, they got a couple of dark matches, but those dark matches were going on while the show was going on. And they so were cruiserweight hard. matches, too. They were, yeah, they were cruiserweight matches. So already hard to divert your attention. Shitty for the performers, as well, to have to go out there and perform while the rest of the show was going on and the big I, screens above you and around you. I believe, if I read correctly, um, most of the in-ring stuff there that was dark match stuff was occurring com- during commercial breaks for Raw. Okay. Uh, be that as it may, I mean, that that crowd did not did not come to see Cruiserweights. No. They did not come to watch Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy. They came to see some legends, and they got one. Well, no, they got DX too. Well, they got DX. I'm sorry, yeah. And Scott Hall, they got their. Yeah. I'd say they got their their share of some legends. Um, and, and bear in mind, a lot of the legends that even were in Brooklyn were backstage and on segments on TV. It wasn't like they were out there for the public. And we'll get to some of the uh, the use of the former stars in just a little bit. But well, I um, think this is all going. I think I think a lot of these are all going to be kind of encompassed in the same talk about about Raw 25. So. We can we can bring up the former stars for here here and and knock out two of these at once. Um, the thing I read today was that they were they there were there were plans to use the the former stars in a bigger capacity. The problem was that Jimmy Fallon showed up late because he was going to interact with a lot of those people, and instead we paid a lot of money to have a bunch of guys come out and wave to the crowd. Yeah, I, I don't know how much I buy into them building the show around Jimmy Fallon. That doesn't necessarily ring true to me. Um, that said, I look at a guy like Chris Jericho, who's coming off one of the biggest matches of his career, granted mm-hmm. for another company, but he's hot as hell right now within the wrestling industry. You don't even have him appear in front of the crowd. He does one cheesy little segment with Elias backstage, and that's it. Yeah, um, yeah. What's more is is that motherfucker jumped on a plane, <coughs> flew to America, showed up for maybe forty five seconds, and then flew back on a plane back to Japan. Yeah, that's that's fucking nuts to to misuse a guy like that yeah. to not have him have him wrestle or even even appear in ring. Um, you know, and we can we can bring up the just the first segment of this as well. While it was great. For you know Vince and Shane and Stephanie, having Stone Cold come out and not say a word exactly was terrible. Now I know they they gave him a backstage promo stuff like that, but that's but the fans want to hear him go. All you had to do was have him take that mic and go. If you want me, if you want want to see me, give a Stone Cold stunner this motherfucker. Give me a hell yeah, and you're good to go. But nothing. All you got was him silently working his way through through that that whole yeah. segment there. Not one. Not even one. That's the bottom line. Like right. Just that. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, that one that one was was truly baffling. And at the time, I sort of thought maybe he's going to head over to the Manhattan Center and he'll do something with a promo over there, just to sort of split the wealth a little bit. I don't know. Right. Um. So I. But as the show played out, and and that didn't happen. Um. To me, one of the more baffling things, like the GMs, I was fine. I thought that was a nice little nod to the GMs of the past. Um. Though Daniel Bryan was introduced, despite not being a raw GM ever or a um, gm of the past right yeah that's true too because <laughs> he's currently one um so that was fine but then you invite a, a hall of fame hall of fame women like jackie and trish and you do nothing with them you're on the precipice of a history making event for women this sunday in wrestling and you couldn't like even a backstage segment where it's like hey you know congratulations on the, on the rumble i'll be watching i'm excited for you guys um Nothing. I mean, there was a golden opportunity there to tie it in and use it sort of even to promote the show you got coming up Sunday, and nothing. It's just like, hey, hey, remember Trish? Here she is. Okay, thanks. On to the next thing. Um, right. Which, which was really disappointing to me. Uh, though I will say, Tori Wilson, god damn, still, I, <laughs> I'm not sure that woman ages at all. Um, that was that one was one that really kind of got to me. But really, I think for me, the one that was the worst was the poker game. Yeah. And it's not just because of JBL, and I know your feelings on JBL in particular, Troy. Uh, But you look at the people. I mean, you brought MVP in for that. Yeah. He didn't get an intro. He just sat back there. Like, there was never even a skit designed for him. Um, You used, who else was back there? There was Ted DiBiase. And Mm -hmm. it's just like, why? And did we need five segments of it? Was there any payoff that warranted? Did we yeah. need a two-segment, eight-woman tag team match? I don't think well, so. You know, match the match aside, the issue here, of course, is we're talking about the yes, they they brought these guys in and stuff like that, but we got more TV time from the fucking boogeyman than we did. Trish Stratus and Lita, Eric Bischoff. Guys well, Lita like got none because she didn't even get invited to the oh, fucking yes, I'm show. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, yes. They put sorry. her picture on the commemorative chair they were given out but never invited her to the show. Right. Um, yeah, so, you know, we had Mean Gene Oakland, uh, you know, show up, which that was fine. That that was a completely acceptable use of him. You know, just one little talk statement was no, able to get no, AJ No, fuck on. that because he didn't even give us a pull up your socks and get ready. That was true. That was true. Um. But yeah, we got we got the boogeyman eating worms, and we got the fucking uh, you know brother love and shit like that. Got an entire backstage segment for all these fucking idiots. We got five, like I said, five fucking segments of the APA, you know, and centered around Heath Slater and Rhino. Yet we couldn't, you know, we we couldn't find time to go ahead. From what I heard, that particular spot was supposed to lead to Enzo taking the 3D from the Dudley right. Boys. And had to be changed. That's why it was worked in with Slater and Rhino. Yeah, that that's fine. But then you're still devoting all that time to Enzo Amore instead of sharing the wealth a little bit and having more backstage segments, having something more for Chris Jericho to do, having something more for these women to do. Yeah, you could easily have Trish Stratus going back there, talking to Asuka, talking to Sasha, things like that, and built it a little bit more around the fact that we're making fucking history in a couple of days here. Right. With with women's Royal Rumble, and all you got was you know the tag team thing, and then an incredibly dumb fucking finish to that, where Asuka is 
throwing people out, so much so that Michael Cole said that Sasha Banks was eliminated. <laughs> that the match wasn't going on. There was <laughs> so No, he's just that. he's just predicting the future. Yeah, he's just an idiot. Yeah. Well, he also on on the mixed match challenge referred to Alexa Bliss as little Swiss Miss, um, which which I actually like. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think the Nestle people are going to sue somebody though. So that's you, true. That's true. You be careful with that. Um, how about Christian? They trot him out. They bring out the whole set for the Peep Show. <clears throat> Dude didn't even get to ask one fucking question. Right. Yeah. He got nothing. He he introduced him, and then they took over. I will say this. One one positive I will say from the Raw 25, and we're going to get to a couple other more specific things. Um, one positive I'll take is, and I said this a couple, like a month ago, and some of y'all scoffed at me. Tell me again that Jason Jordan isn't one of the best characters on this show right now. He did a phenomenal job during that segment. The way he controlled that crowd and had him right in the palm of his fucking hand was outstanding. Very much so. <clears throat> um it looks like we're heading right back to, you know, him and Seth maybe having a Mania match. Um, because he definitely was playing up that heel persona again, mm-hmm. which we had kind of lost for a couple of weeks there. Right. Um, but, yeah, he definitely played it up so well, mm-hmm. you know, bringing up, bringing up the fact that he's so awesome, bringing up his, how Kurtz is dead and stuff like that. Yeah, he's doing a phenomenal job, and he is definitely, for a guy who was such an afterthought on SmackDown for him to be essentially at this point the second or third biggest heel on the, on the show, even though he's not really officially a heel yet. Right. Yeah, uh, it's it's been a good run for him, and and he could really make a lot out of this. Uh, another thing that we didn't specifically mention, but John Cena really sort of putting Elias over in this segment. Um, not often you see somebody who's not a main eventer be booked to leave John Cena lying. So. Yeah, uh, big spot for Elias there. Yeah, it felt a lot like um, you know when Kevin Owens first showed up against Cena and was able to leave him lying, and you're just like the, the new guy on the show is is taking out John Cena. Yeah, that 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 did a lot. Um, but even then, I, Owens was NXT champion at the time. I mean, Elias right. has been a glorified jobber. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's it'll be really interesting to see because obviously we're setting up that match for. For Rumble, um, I would I would like to see Elias go over at Rumble, uh, but Elias can still get more over even in a loss to Cena just by putting on a good show. So yeah, I feel like he's sort of taken the Samoa Joe spot. I definitely feel like that's the case. I definitely feel like this was was going to be Samoa Joe mm-hmm. in that spot if he didn't hurt his big his big toe. Right. Um, AJ, you mentioned AJ. I don't know why the fuck AJ. AJ look, I love AJ. AJ was on Raw for what seven months. Do we really need to bring him in? Uh, also, not invited Randy Orton. I would think Randy Orton <laughs> would have much more of a say on Raw history than AJ Styles would. Yeah, very much so. Uh, especially considering that you know there there would have been room for him, and yeah, a guy who's been there for that long of a time for him to just be left on the cold because really nobody else on SmackDown has that like longevity with the company. Right. So yeah, it was fucking weird. Um, and one more thing, and I said this during the one of the New Japan, the New Japan in uh, L.A. show not too long ago last summer. Um, really sad to hear the job Jim Ross did. Um, I'm always a big fan of Jim Ross. 
I sort of felt like him and Lawler, Lawler was Lawler, and he did his thing, and he did his Lawler thing, and he was fine. Uh, but neither one of them even took the time to learn the names of the moves. Like, they didn't even call the Magic Killer. Yeah. Um, but so, so I just sort of felt like they were just there and going through the motions. They didn't feel like there was a ton of effort put into that. I I understand that from Lawler because he's a piece of shit. But yeah, I expect Jim Ross, who is employed by the company, right. to have at least watched the product. Um, but then again, this is the same guy who can't figure out which Uso is which. So, in his in his defense, though, <laughs> it's not like the club gets to win many matches on TV anyway. So that's true. That's very true. Or at least they haven't to this point. Yeah. Also, that... by the way, can we fucking let's talk about the production staff at the Manhattan Center for one minute? Because Ooh, boy. You get to the point at the end of the DX segment where Billy Gunn says, and if you're not down with that, and then they hit the Revival's music. Uh-huh. Why not go, if you're not down with that, we got two words for you. Say yeah. Boom. Right. Fucking brilliant. <laughs> right. I mean, they were a little bit strapped for time. You could tell they were rushing at that point. But yeah. still, there I was... think that was a great opportunity to have a little bit of a, a well-placed uh, entrance. Yeah, yeah, it's it was not great. Let's put it that way. Um, well, we'll do this last uh, negative one, and then we'll start getting to some some better stuff. So, in a four minute five minute match, uh, Woken Matt Hardy got straight jobbed out. Ah, so, see, this is where I I read the what you guys were saying in the thread. So we're we're gonna have different opinions on this. So go ahead. All right, it, to me. I didn't want to see these guys face each other until Royal Rumble. And having them, you know, I get it's Raw 25. They wanted to do something big, but uh, the build hasn't been great for this already. We've had kind of our issues with it. And uh, to me, the the shortness of this match and, and the fact that, you know, Bray just beat them really, to me, makes it feel like they just are still not going to push Matt Hardy. But you, you seem to have a different opinion, so let's hear what you got to say. Okay, well, first off, these guys weren't going to face off at the Royal Rumble anyway. There's not room on the card at this point to add another match. Um, or at least there certainly wasn't when they booked out this show in Enzo versus... There is now! It's still there. <laughs> um, so they, they got this on as sort of like a pre-Rumble uh, rumble match, if you will. Um, the thing for me that you guys are harping on the loss and... I don't have that big of an issue with it for one very specific reason. <coughs> um, that being that there's a long way to go here. And I feel sort of like by losing this match, you open up Matt to have an excuse to bring in your Vanguard ones, your senior Benjamins, to get even weirder with it, to sort of develop the character. So it's not all, ooh, all this stuff at once. Um, people want good storytelling. We complain about that all the time. That Yet they want to judge everything by what happens on this show. To me, this was the starting point for where Broken Matt is going to go. I guess we'll, you know, we'll have to see what happens next. Uh, because obviously, you know, both guys are in the rumble. I assume that they're going to be near each other again. So I'm, I'm willing to say, you know, depending on how this feud turns out, if, 
you know, if, if you are right and he starts to bring in some guys, then we'll look back at this and say that it was good. But uh, in the, the instant take for me, I had some issues with it. I just, to me, wins and losses are not a huge deal, uh, by and large, in the context of a program, especially if it's the first time they're they're hooking up because there's so much room to do more stuff from here. If Matt wins that match, that's it. There's nowhere to go. But by virtue of Bray or the heel winning that match, you have more story you can tell. I suppose. So we'll see. We'll see uh, how that one goes. Um, so... Kind of brought it up before, but yeah, uh, Balor Club did get the win over Revival. Uh, the Rev- Revival were able to showcase themselves a little bit, and as we were, we were very, very concerned about how you know the Revival was going to be used in this program. They didn't have to take a clothesline from hell from a fifty-year-old uh, pedophile, so that's good. Um, <laughs> they did get beat up by a couple fifty-year-olds, though. They did, but it was DX, right? So you can you can kind of get away with it as saying ah it's DX we're we're okay with that you know right. uh, it wasn't too long ago that uh, two of those guys were the tag team champions so yeah. and obviously uh, last year's Royal Rumble winner was is a member of that as well so you know that we were we were very worried obviously that we were going to see Ascension 2.0 here Randy Orton was a part of that I'm sorry two years ago <laughs> two years ago sorry. I blacked it out of my mind. That's how bad. How it do you was. forget the semen snake? Oh no, I, I didn't forget the semen snake. Don't worry about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> two years ago, Triple H won a Royal Rumble, and him beating the shit out of uh, of the revival. I'm fine with it because this is one of those things too where we're in we're in that gray area of WWE where you know a lot of shit's going to be weird, and then after WrestleMania, that's when we get to the more Here's here's the program for the true wrestling fans. So, right, yeah, and to me, you know, we talk all the time about guys getting the rub. The Balor Club really got the rub from DX. For them to come oh, yeah. out and say, "You guys are the," they basically said in the promo, "You guys are the next representation of us." Yeah, um, they threw up the two suites. They stayed ringside and managed them for the night. Um, and then, of course, you mentioned at the end. They did all their. They went through with the revival, and again, because it's DX, it's not as big of a deal. It's not like a, you don't look like a piece of shit by taking a super kick from Shawn Michaels or a pedigree from Triple H. Um, but I thought the key spot that I think a lot of people are sort of glossing over is the person who was given the last spot in that was Finn Balor. Yeah. It wasn't Shawn Michaels. It wasn't Triple H. It was Finn Balor. So they're making an effort to get this guy over. Right. Yeah, and you know he obviously has needed a little rehabilitation mm-hmm. um, from the past couple of months of booking, and and this was a great way to jumpstart it. You know, having him team up with with the uh, with the Good Brothers is is a good start to it, and having him do this here really starts to put him over. I feel like already both both the Gallus and Anderson and Balor are made better by this by this pairing. I feel like they're both already feel more important on the context of the show. Yeah. And we can get to that point where once once we're done with uh, you know Seth and Jason as as tag champions, you know you've got a good chance of of having the club win the title belts and actually have it be much more meaningful than their first title run. I, I sort of hope it'll be the revival that takes the belts off of them and not the bar because I think I'm sort of done with the bar at this point. Just dropping the titles and getting them back and dropping them and getting them back. Yeah, uh, there's sort of new day in it a little bit. Uh, yeah. 
and I'd, I'd like to see the revival. If you're going to go, even if it's a transitional role, I'd like to see them be the heels that take them off. Yeah, but even even with that, I think that you still have the opportunity, even if the bar takes it, to have them be the transitionals, and then have it be swapped back and forth between the club and the revival, and have that be the feud going back and forth there, kind of a la Usos a New Day. Just so long as Jim Ross isn't calling those matches for good. <laughs> That's true, because he'll probably not figure out who Al Gallows or Anderson is either, so... <laughs> They're both big white ball guys. <laughs> That's true, they are. I thought you were going to keep talking. Sip of beer for the working <laughs> man. Uh, <laughs> so we'll go ahead and finish off Raw 25 here with uh, probably, in, in my opinion, one of the better moments of it, and, and, and uh, other than the ending of the show, probably the best moment. The Miz was able to win back his Intercontinental Championship. For the record, I hated the ending, but go ahead. The ending, the ending of the oh, the no, no, I wasn't talking about the ending of the match. I was talking about the ending of the show, the the DX Ballet Club. No, the ending was the Braun Strowman, Brock Lesnar, Kane segment. Oh, that's right. That's how bad it was. I didn't even think about okay. it. Okay, yeah, no, yeah, that no, part that I hated. Was terrible. That part was terrible. Sorry. Uh, Ballet Club was probably the best moment of Raw twenty five. Miz winning the title back was the second best moment in my opinion. Uh, but yeah. In, I in sort a, of uh, just to, I sort of liked the Mark Henry and Godfather segment, only because it sort of showed like a guy who's grown up a little bit since the Attitude Era days. Yeah. I thought that was just a nice little touch. Yeah, considering that most of the time when when the Attitude Era legends come back, they do the exact same shtick. Yeah. So to have Godfather come back and just be like, "Hold on, hold on, Blair." This ain't no hoe. This is my wife. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, that chick was banging, so yeah. Yeah. I'll give it up for that. That, yeah, it was perfectly done. It was a good use of Mark Henry, too, to get him on the show, considering that he was obviously a big part of Raw for many years as well. Uh, just a, a nice, you know, him just being like, damn, I really wanted to fuck that chick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and we got a sexual chocolate reference, so yes. I'm, I'm always happy for that. Yes. Uh, <laughs> what were we talking about again? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Really, a really good match with uh, Miz and Roman Reigns. They they continue to tear the house down every time that they yeah. they go out there. Um, really good involvement of the Miztourage as well. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, obviously uh, Roman Reigns being able to take out both members. Um, you know, still still being booked strong just because of the fact that he was against three different guys. And uh, you know, <laughs> the they did a really good job of hiding the fact that the Miz took that turnbuckle pad off. Because Brilliant. I I I was I, I didn't catch it either. Nope. Even, even after Reigns slammed his face into it, I didn't catch it until the announcers said, right. "Where was the Where was the buckle pad?" Right. And then I was like, I was like, "Holy shit! Where Where did it go?" Yep. Uh, and then to show a replay where clearly they showed, like they they had that stage perfectly. Yep. Where we knew this camera wasn't going to catch what was going on, this camera angle was, so we could replay it. So yeah, the the Miz is able to win. You know, via slamming Reigns' face into an exposed turnbuckle, yep. uh, and hitting two skull crushing finales, and uh, and yeah, so the IC title gets to be with somebody who elevated it before and will re-elevate it again. Yeah, and I my only concern with the Miz is I sort of feel like you keep going back to the IC title well a little too often. It might be time to start making plans to push him up up the card a little bit. Um, because he is the most overheel in the company, truthfully. Uh, but that said, again, like I agree with everything you mentioned. Match was great. 
Uh, again, I defy anyone to tell me the last bad Roman Reigns match they can remember. Um, Miz, again, top-notch. Everything you said is 100% true. The spot, the finish was amazing. The crowd was into it. I, I have nothing bad to say about this. So in, in two weeks on NXT Revisited, there will be a Roman Reigns match. <laughs> so I will let you know how that goes. <laughs> and it's not Leia Key, right? No, no, it's Roman Reigns. Okay. This is after he has changed his name before The Shield, though. But it's 2012, where he's been wrestling for, like, a year. So I'll you'll, you'll go ahead and tune into, into that, and it'll probably be terrible. Uh, <laughs> anyways, so um, moving on from there, this is how sad SmackDown was this week. We only have one thing to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we could talk about, you know... Liv Morgan versus Naomi. Nope. Um, well, I will say that that multiple kick spot was pretty cool. Other than that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so further speculation, of course, on Kevin Owens' injury as AJ Styles was able to quickly put him away. But then the second match happened. Yes. And this reminded me a lot of... Do you remember when Daniel Bryan took on Seth Rollins? when he was with the, in the shield and it was during that time that people weren't exactly sure of what Rollins could do. And the two went, went on a tear and had just a fucking phenomenal match. Mm -hmm. And everyone was like, Holy shit, that dude can wrestle. Yeah. This to me felt a lot like that where, mm -hmm. you know, Sam, Sammy's Sammy's had great matches, you yeah. know, and people have been really happy with it, but this was kind of a return to form for him considering that his matches lately haven't been, They've been good, but they haven't really been spectacular. And obviously, AJ continues to be able to put guys over just by being in the ring with him. But yeah, Sami Zayn was not only able to put on a good match against AJ, but beat him clean. Yeah, and I sort of feel with Sami that this is um, his first real great match within the context of the WWE that wasn't with Kevin Owens. Right, uh, and I think that that's a good precedent for him to set. Like, hey, we can go out. I can go out and do this with anybody, and we all know he can. Uh, but sometimes you need to show that to management. And I think hopefully he was able to do that. Uh, complete with the, I, I've never been a huge fan of the Haluva kick as a finisher, right. but the Haluva kick right into the Blue Thunder Bomb, I fucking loved. A Blue Thunder mm -hmm. Bomb to me was always much more of a finish than the Haluva kick was. Uh, so to see him utilize both in, in, in that order, in that way, I thought was great. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, more more great work out of AJ continues to, do, to you know, put on a good show. And uh, did a really good job of furthering, you know, this, this feud that we've got going into this Sunday and putting over the fact that, hey, they, could, they might actually be able to beat AJ here. Mm -hmm. So, but, uh, yeah. I don't have much else to say about it other than it was a really good match. So, although sadly it looks like it's it means for sure AJ's winning at the Rumble because you know he lost the pre-Rumble. Although I, I say sadly, <laughs> I don't mean sadly because it would be nice to see the title not taken off AJ right before WrestleMania this year as it was last year. Right. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that as well. Um, and you know, WWE has done a pretty good job lately of kind of spurring that where you know the guy who the guy who wins turns around and loses the next week at the pay-per-view. Um, so, but it does feel like it could go either way. Um, but I, I, I do feel that we're still setting up for AJ to be the headliner of, of Mania 
at least on the SmackDown side of things. Yeah, and with Owen's injury and not being sure what he can give you, they're not going to put the title on Sammy and make Sammy defend the WWE title, at least not, certainly not at this point. So it's, yeah. we've got to think. But we'll get the predictions later. Right, we definitely will. Uh, but first, we got a little bit of news before uh, we round out with uh, Mixed Match Challenge Week 2. Uh, EC3 has reportedly signed with WWE. He was he was seen, um, you know, near the Performance Center. He was definitely seen also doing his uh, Philadelphia is where they always go for their physicals. Something, uh, yeah, I think so. Something yeah, like that. yeah. Uh, seen, also, seen he was, that as well. He was followed yeah. on Twitter by the NXT account, which right. Yeah. Um, he uh, does. Um, in a related note, he does own the rights to the EC3 name. Yeah. Uh, he has the copyright on that, so he can. He is free to use that now. Whether the company wants him to use the namesake of Dixie Carter within the confines of WWE, who knows? Uh, but there's certainly a degree of name recognition with the EC3. And uh, if anything, I would say he just comes as EC3. Probably. And or or like we have kind of joked about. You know him being Ethan, and then something other with uh, some of the stars to see, like Ethan Connor or Cena, or Corbin or something like that. <laughs> um, you know, so there's a, yep, there's a lot that they could do there. But yeah, I would say most likely he's either going to just be EC3, or he returns to the Derek Bateman name. But I don't think there's much money in that. No, I think the money is definitely in the EC3 name at this point. Yeah, um, and then of course uh, we we also know that Bobby Lashley his contract is ending in February. And he will most likely be returning to WWE at that time. There has been some talk that he had some discussions with uh, Anthem Sports about perhaps, despite the contract expiring in February because they don't have any more tapings between now and then, allowing him to get out of the contract early to maybe be a surprise entrant in the Royal Rumble. I -hmm. don't necessarily see that happening, but... Anthem has had their ass whipped through their legal proceedings so bad at this point they're letting everyone use all their stuff wherever they want to. Right. Uh, so I, it's not entirely out of the question. Right. This is also, you know, nobody thought that the Hardy Boys were going to be returning when they did, and then they did. So uh, any, anything can really happen. And, yeah, I think that Anthem is much more they're, – they're rolling over and showing their belly at this point for a lot of their things, and they, they seem to understand that – we're not going to to fuck with WWE because they can destroy us. Well, so, and I'll tell you what, if you're looking for a main event between now and WrestleMania for the Raw brand, Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley is a pretty good draw. Oh, yeah, yeah, you've got your built-in MMA roots on that, and you've got the built-in the fact that Bobby Lashley was the black Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. So, And now that they've sort of developed, maybe, maybe now that they've sort of cut some or planted some more seeds with MVP... Perhaps MVP returns to that role of a mouthpiece for Lashley. He sort of had in TNA where I thought he really excelled and really helped get Lashley over. Oh, no. Bobby Lashley's joining Titus Worldwide. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And the final bit of news before we we hit into our last topic of the Perfect Ten. The very first entry of the Hall of Fame this year was announced. And no surprise, it's Bill Goldberg. Yep. Uh, The bigger surprise, of course, would be that Goldberg will be inducted by Paul Heyman. Mm Mm-hmm. That's which not officially I, announced yet, but it's pretty pretty widely speculated at least. Yeah, uh, which I don't quite understand. Uh, there's uh, there's a lot of other people I think that you could have induct him. You know, guys who have had uh, you know a lot of different run-ins with him. You know, obviously Triple H would be somebody with his being his first match. Obviously Bret Hart, being as the fact that he ended his career. Uh, there's, uh, there's yeah, a lot no, of, there's still a lot of bad <laughs> blood between those two. 
Oh, no, I know, but it would be great. Oh, it would be great, but... Yeah. Uh, but you or you could just get... have Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson do it, and they'll make some inane speech yeah. about fucking dudes, so... Exactly, exactly. Um, but obviously, you know, Paul is able to put guys over, and not that... Not that he really needs to be put over or anything like that, but you know he's he can he's good to introducing people. Well, and Paul certainly had, by all accounts, a really good working relationship with Goldberg on this last run, and and helped map out the program with Lesnar, and they worked very closely on that. And um, I thought Paul did a great job of putting Goldberg over in the lead ups to that feud. So I, I totally see that, uh, and, and certainly no debating the worthiness of Bill Goldberg. You can sit here and say the guy was not the greatest technical wrestler in the world, but in terms of a draw, uh, he was a great, amazing draw for the period of time where he was on top of the companies. Um, through, If anything, through stuff that wasn't his fault, things like giving away the match with Hogan on free TV rather than building to a pay-per-view, um, there were a lot of things that happened that sort of, I think, took away from what could have been an even better legacy for Goldberg. Uh, but I don't think much of it was his fault. I think he did his part, and uh, I, I have no issues with Goldberg as a Hall of Famer. Right. You've got a multi-time you know, WCW World Champion. You, uh, multi-time WWE Champion now. Yep, multi-time WWE Championship, having champion having won the Universal title and the WWE Championship, yeah. um, as well as U.S. Champion, and um, I think that's it. I thought maybe he was a take team, but I don't think, I don't think he ever take team. He might have been a te- one, of, one of those, like, couple week mixed up maybe with yeah. sting i'm vaguely remembering i don't know yeah. i could be wrong on that yeah but um, he was he was wcw stone cold steve austin yep. during during that run so yeah they're completely or he was brock no, lesnar before brock lesnar was brock yeah, lesnar exactly or he was ryback before ryback was ryback uh <laughs> yeah uh can't you he deserves to be there just for his time at WWE, but also for his short run in WWE, considering the things that he's accomplished there. So, like wearing Goldberg's gold dust wig. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, final bit, final bit here. Um, did you watch week two of the mixed match challenge? I did actually. I was a little bit late into it. Uh, missed a little bit of the the beginning, but that's okay. I watched it today. Uh, I didn't watch it live. Oh, okay. Well. Uh, so we had. That's why Carmella I didn't see and, Mike Kyoto's yeah. little mishap there. So we'll get there. Uh, so we had we had Carmella and Biggie against Asuka and The Miz, and this one was definitely a match that I felt there's no fucking way that Carmella and Biggie are going over. Uh, and then, <laughs> um, so the match itself was really good. Um, I thought I felt that uh, that everybody involved here did did a really good job. Big E really didn't get to maybe shine quite as much because the, the focus was definitely more on Asuka and Carmella. But um, towards the end of this one here, uh, yes, as Jason alluded to, there was a little bit of a snafu with uh, with the audio as uh, it appeared that the Miz uh, or the, that uh, the referee Mike Kyoto asked the Miz, Asuka's going over? To which the Miz said, yeah. And the Mike definitely picked that up <laughs> to the point that I instantly got in a group thread and said, the ref totally just said Oscar's going over. <laughs> uh, Adam went back and looked, and then Jason decided to be a criminal profiler and go <laughs> scene by scene <laughs> to be able to, to, uh, to determine that yes, in fact, uh, the mic picked up the, the, uh, the finish of the match being talked about with people in the ring. Uh, but that doesn't take away from the fact that Oscar uh, was able to put on the Oscar lock and get the tap and move on to the second round. 
Yeah, and again, to me, this was exactly what I said last week. It's fun. It's a, it's a fun little dark match, house show match, um, where you sort of take the angles and the storylines out of it, and everybody just goes out and has fun. Uh, the giant L the Big E had, like, hand her her first L, was I thought it was a nice little touch. Yeah. Um, Woods and Kofi coming out in gear matching Carmella's, and by <laughs> that I mean full-on Borat, you know, yes. uh, bathing suit style, uh, was a little disturbing. Uh, it did. It will haunt my nightmares tonight. I'm not going to lie. Uh, mm. But, you know, they, give them credit. They spent money to get new gear made for that, like, five seconds they were on stage. Yeah, considering that The Miz was wearing his tights from, like, 2015. That's commitment <laughs> to character right there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the match itself was really good. It was entertaining. Um, the the promo after the match I thought was really good as well, where you've got Asuka saying something very short in Japanese, and then the Miz proceeding to translate, and I use heavy air quotes on that, <laughs> as, as he informed everybody that what Asuka said was that everything she learned about being a champion, she learned from him, and they are Asuka. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, very much so, and um, and I'm looking forward to next week where Braun Strowman and Little Swiss Miss take on uh, the <laughs> the team of Team Straight Fire. Is that what they're calling themselves? I assume so. They're both redheads, but or Team Firecrash, we'll call them. Yeah, but Straight Fire is just Becky's thing. That that doesn't incorporate anything for Sammy. Oh, I don't remember what. They're How about Dancing about. Through the Fire? There you go. Dancing Through the Straight Fire, something like that. All right. Yep. Elks on fire. All right. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, uh, that'll be a really interesting match to see as well. Uh, and, you know, uh, Carmella and Biggie might be voted back in in, two, in, in, you know, in, the, in the third round anyways. So. Well, they've certainly been more entertaining than Shinsuke and Natalia was. Oh, boy. Uh, were. But that is going to wrap it up for the Perfect Ten this week. But we are far, far from done. Troy, right. what do we got next? Uh, well, we've got uh, our NXT TakeOver Philadelphia pre- uh, predictions. Yeah, this, uh, the, this has been one of the least sort of built up or publicized takeover events. It seemed like everything was just kind of come together very quickly. Yeah, so much so that uh, that they announced a match uh, apparently today. Okay. <laughs> because um, I threw well, one out there that I had heard rumors was going to happen. I don't know if it's official though. Yeah, so we'll we'll go ahead and talk about that one. Um, they've been kind of building towards a Roderick Strong versus Lars Sullivan match. I'm pretty sure last week Roderick came out and cut a promo and said he was going to stand up to Lars Sullivan at TakeOver, but I could be misremembering that. Right, now whether that means a match or just a segment, we'll see, but uh, if they do have a match, I would say that um, they, they've been trying to kind of build up Lars Sullivan, so I would think he would go over. I would think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, but... Um, so we'll we'll see if they, if something is announced in the coming days here. Um, but the the rest of the card that we've got we've got five matches announced so far. Uh, so leading things off with the NXT Tag Team Championships as the Undisputed Era, formerly known as Red Dragon, take on the Authors of Pain. Uh, to me, this feels like it is just a changing of the guard, and this will be the Undisputed Era's chance of. Beating the authors of pain in, in a uh, you know in a one on or two on two match um, in order to kind of cement themselves as champions. Yeah, and I feel like this is the the infamous NXT send off for the authors of pain before they head up to the main roster. 
because um, there's really no reason to put the belts back on them at this point. Um, with so many new tag teams coming in, we talked last week about War Machine in the Performance Center, um, and we've got you know we we got TM61s coming back. We get the Street Profits starting to rise up a little bit. Uh, so there's really no place at this point for the Oscars of Pain to stay down in developmental. They're ready to go up and, and see what they can do on the main roster. Uh, so, yeah, I think Undisputed Area wins here. But I think this could be a surprisingly good match. Right. Um, you know, you've got it as well where, you know, the Authors of Pain fill that the role that War Machine is anyways. So it doesn't seem like you'd want to have two of those teams kicking around in NXT. So, uh, But, yeah, I think that... Plus no Shark Cage, so... That's true. Uh, I think that the Authors of Pain, you know, Akam and Razor, whatever the fuck their names are, Akeem and The Dream... Uh, they're, Akam they're, and Razar. They, they're better than a lot of people might give them credit for, yeah, um, considering their size. And um, Fish and O'Reilly are going to draw a good match out of most people they face. Right. So I'm, it looks like we're, we're, we're two for two on, on predictions there. So the one that was just announced today, Cassius, oh no, will take on the Velveteen Dream. And... I don't know what you're doing over there. Um, me Keep personally, track of who picked who? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Uh, me personally, I would say that considering what we've had lately with the Velveteen Dream, he's got to go over in this match. Yeah, I mean, he's had two real high-profile matches at this point with uh, Alistair Black, and now just tonight with Johnny Gargano. Which, if you haven't seen it, go check it out. It was a great match. Um, and he's lost both of them. I think this is mm-hmm. the moment for him to take. I fairly high profile at least in terms of name uh talent in nxt and sort of use that as as his jumping off point which sort of seems to be cassius ono's role at this point yeah well you know I mean, what else is the guy gonna do other than you know and he them. knows about roles yes see you beat me to it i was mm. gonna make a fact joke as well <laughs> uh moving right along the nxt no i meant like roles in the ring he does tumbles oh and... okay i gotcha I understand. Uh, or Swiss cake rolls. NXT Women's I, Championship I want to be able to get him. I want to be able to get him on the sit-down after he gets released. So, oh, there you go. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, we're talking about Cassius Ono. We're not talking about Chris Hero. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> Ember Moon puts her WWE, or, whoops, her NXT Women's <laughs> Championship on the line against Shayna Baszler. Baszler. Baszler, sorry. Um, this, to me, is probably the most interesting match in terms of where do they go, because... They just put the belt on Ember Moon, um, but Shayna Baszler is really being put over as this real monster badass, um, and we know how Triple H likes his real sort of his athletes, like these real UFC fighters, um, coming in to add some legitimacy uh, to the championship. So I could totally see a scenario where Shayna Baszler is has the title put on her here, even though it's very early in the process. Uh, typically when I'm trying to pick these things and they seem close, I sort of look at like, okay, well, who else would be a challenger? Um, Nikki Cross seems to be turning face at this point. Um, I don't see a ton of other besides Shayna heels. I mean, we know we've got Kyrie Sane. She's a, she's a face. Uh, it seems like they're loaded up with female faces down there. Candice LeRae obviously going to be a face just because that's sort of her, her shtick. Um, so I'm going to go for the upset here. I'm going to go for Shayna Baszler. Okay. 
Um, I I understand the reasoning behind it. Um, I think it's personally, I think it's a little bit too early. Um, I'm actually going to deviate from you and say that Ember Moon keeps it, but that title is not staying on it for too much longer. Well, see, we say it's too early, but I, you know, in NXT, uh, DIY lost the titles their first takeover after winning them. That's true. I mean, they rotate those titles. Drew Galloway lost the title his first takeover after winning it. Yeah. But, you know, like I said, I, I think they want to build us up a little more because we're still trying to build some other women and we've got more women coming in. So, But uh, we'll see. Uh, this this takeover in general is one that, once you start getting into these later matches here, a lot of these could go either way. So I'm I'm really excited about that because we're, we're kind of back into that awesome territory in NXT where anything could happen. Uh, speaking of, an extreme are you going to drop the idea that nobody watches NXT now? Yes. Nice. Yes. All right. Nobody cool. watches. All right. Oh, extreme. Are you, no, you're still sticking to that. Yeah, I'm still I'm still sticking with that. Okay. Even though match of the year and event of the year for you were both NXT. Yes. Okay. Just checking. <laughs> it's just a gimmick at this point. <laughs> Clearly, I watched the program. All right. So the extreme rules match between Alistair Black and Adam Cole, baby. <laughs> Um, I put I that on there just for you. I appreciate it. Again, this is a match that could really go either way because yeah. Alistair Black obviously has been built up to uh, uh, to be this uh, this this big time guy. But Adam Cole just debuted. You know, he's his team, the Undisputed Era, has been been doing very well. Obviously, they won the tag team championships, and this is this is a match that was is, is a hard sh- hard pick either way. Um, but I think that. Between the people that could potentially take a loss and not have it hurt, I'm going to say that Aleister Black wins this one. All right. We'll see. Then we're going to deviate again. And I say this. I'm going to go with Adam Cole strictly because these two have fought in a one-on-one contest before on television, and Aleister Black got the clean pinfall. So I think you're going to set this up down the road for a bigger scenario with a championship on the line. Uh, you don't want to do that with Adam Cole having lost clean to him twice. You want the out of being able to say there's history here. This is a rivalry. Uh, and I think you do that by having Adam Cole win. Plus, you have the out of having the Undisputed Era get involved because it's an Extreme Rules match. Um, so you can do it in a way that's not too damaging to Alistair. So I'm going to go Adam Cole in this one. All right. One of us is going to be really right and one of us is going to be really wrong because we're, we're separating paths here. I know. And the NXT Championship is on the line as Andrade Cien Almas takes on Johnny Wrestling Gargano. Yeah, to me, this is this is a match that could be great. <laughs> um, really, I mean, Johnny hasn't had a bad match since he got up, but to me, the bigger story here could be the, the ancillary stuff. Uh, I could easily see a scenario where Zelina Vega goes to get involved and Candice LeRae comes out. Uh, and we see her come out with help Johnny. Um, of course, I've said since the beginning, since this match was announced, I think this is where we see the return of Tommaso Ciampa to either cost Johnny the match or to attack him after he wins. Um, again, and I, I, I said it last time this topic came up, I think Gargano Ciampa is a program that is so hot it will not need the championship belt. I'd say they spread that heat around, and I'm going to say uh, Andrade Cien Almas uh, retains the championship here. Why'd you say it like that? That was weird. <laughs> um, I think that they've done such a good job on 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 Almas that they don't want to to buck that trend right now. 
Um, and Johnny is a guy who can take a loss and be fine. Um, Although so he going... has already lost two times in a row to Andrade. That is that is the interesting sort of twist to this. Yeah. But, you you know, you can maybe fuel the fire for Tommaso to be like, you can't win without me. So... Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you on this one. I'm gonna say that uh, Almas retains his championship. All right. All right. Moving right along, we have. Do we do we see any surprise debuts or any new new faces? Typically, we get a takeovers, a big moment at the end, or a big appearance, or a, you know Bobby Roode shows up, or Drew Galloway shows up, or you know the Undisputed Era debuts, or do we um, see anything I, like that this time? I say we see EC3 in the crowd. Okay. I think that's a fair guess. Although EC3 could be very well be in the Rumble, he very well could be as well. And that's then that's kind of the thing. This is this is the one takeover that you can kind of be like, well, you know. Yeah, but I, I think, think that, this year more than any because there are so few official participants in the Rumbles. Right, and I've got the list, and we'll go through that. Um, I also think, excuse me, I also think that uh, uh, Candice LeRae shows up as well. Yeah, it, it just makes some, so much sense. Yeah. Moving right along to the Royal Rumble. Do you think? Do you think we see Champa in that? I think very much so. Okay. I think he's. I, I think that one way or the other, he's getting involved in this. Mm-hmm. Um, either either before, during, or after. Right. So yeah. So uh, moving right along to my favorite pay per view every year, mm-hmm. the Royal Rumble. King of the Ring. Uh, no, I did oh. like the King of the Ring though. <laughs> um, <laughs> So we're going to go right right through the actual matches before we get into the two different rumbles that we got. Starting things off... Obviously, the, they are going to add something for the kickoff now that the Cruiserweight match is sort of off the table. I right. You're, you're looking at a show that's probably going to be three hours of rumbles. Four. And Is this going to be one of those four-hour pay-per-views? Do we know? Usually the big four now are four hours with two-hour pre-shows. It almost has to. You've got two rumbles right. that are probably going to take up three hours. And you got four matches already, mm-hmm. you know. I and and they're, they're matches that clearly the three, the two out of three falls match is going to take a while. You, so, you yeah. say that, but you know. Yeah, that's true. We did have Dolph Ziggler lose two to nothing. Yeah. Uh, but before let's we're getting ahead of ourselves here because Brock Lesnar. I uh, started right at the main event. Okay. Well, the main event is the Rumble, but you work, you work bottom up, brother. <laughs> I do. Uh, the Universal Championship is on the line as Brock Lesnar t- takes on. Get these hands, Braun Strowman, and the devil's favorite politician, Kane. Uh, worst main event of a pay-per-view I can remember in, to, in a long time. Uh, I have no interest in seeing this. I couldn't care less. Brock Lesnar's yeah. going to win. We all know it. Uh, and Kane's going to take the pin. Yep. Seems seems like that is a foregone conclusion at that time. Throw that Justin Timberlake up there. Uh all right, and then on the SmackDown side of things, the WWE Championship is on the line as AJ Styles defends against not one, but two former Ring of Honor champions, Kevin Kimmy, Owens Kimmy. and Sami Zayn, collectively known as the protector of the earth, the god Cammy. Yeah, AJ Styles needs to stop trying to make Cammy happen. Um, yeah, AJ, hey, you AJ, know what, though? <laughs> Considering that that was a botch on his part, that was it was pretty good... <laughs> <laughs> it's just pretty good ever just roll with it. I, I guess. Um, like we talked a little bit about this earlier. I, given the uncertain health of Kevin Owens at this point, I, I don't see them putting the title on him. I don't see them taking the title off AJ Styles again before WrestleMania. I think AJ Styles carries his belt into WrestleMania, which means I think he wins here. Yeah, I, I agree. 
as much as I would like to see Kevin Owens and Sammy win it, I also would like to see AJ Styles not get screwed out of a Rumble paper, uh, uh, WrestleMania match again for the, with a championship on the line. What if we're heading to and just hypothetically, let me throw this out there because I know you know we've, we go back and forth about the Daniel Bryan thing all the time, but we've sort of danced around this this idea of what he's got going on with Shane. But what if what we're what we're planning, what if what we're heading towards at WrestleMania is Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon? You know, I'd be 100 percent okay with that. You know, Shane, um, Shane and Daniel don't know if they can trust each other. You know, I, yeah. I think that would be a good story. Yeah. At this point, I either want Daniel Bryan to return to the ring or for him to quit because I'm so sick of uh, that we have to continue to bring up is he or isn't he going to be cleared to come back. But he had a stare down with The Miz on Raw. Yeah, nobody cares. Yeah, he also had like a three-month fucking build with The Miz that didn't lead to anything. All right, the Raw Tag Team Championships are on the line as Seth Rollins and Jason Jordan take on The Bar. And I'm going to go ahead and throw my hat into the ring that this is when The Bar returns the championship belts to themselves. All right, uh, again, another one we sort of talked about a little bit earlier. I'm going to go against the the notion there, and I'm going to say that the uh, team of Seth Rollins and Jason Jordan keep the titles. Vince loves his unlikely duos, uh, always has, and I think you continue to tell this story here. I think uh, Jason Jordan and Seth Rollins keep the titles. All right. Uh, The fun thing as well is that now it says the Bart. Uh, (laughs) The SmackDown. Now time for the main event of the Royal Rumble. (laughs) <laughs> no, I told you, the Rumbles are the main event. This is the last match we're talking about. In the, in the no, we're not. We're talking about the Rumble matches after this. Best two out of three falls match for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships is the, the Usos take on America's Greatest Tag Team, Shelton, <laughs> <laughs> Shelton Benjamin, and Chad Gable. Uh, this is my turn to go first. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, we're not really taking turns, but okay. <laughs> I Hmm. I'm going to – this one's tough for me because I really like Benjamin and Gable as a team. Um, however, it looks like SmackDown is setting up the Bludgeon Brothers to be the next thing. And if you're doing that, I think you want the titles on faces. So I'm going to say the Usos retain, but I'm going to say this match has the potential to be a show stealer. But Jason, why are they in the match? Who? Why are they in the match? Huh? That's Chad Gable's slogan at this point. Oh. That's all he ever does during promos. He goes, well, why are they in the match? Well, why is he in the match? Hashtag, uh, hashtag free the tag titles. That's right. Uh, I'm actually going to go with America's Greatest Tag Team here and say that they take the belts. Okay, we got we got a couple of... of we're yeah. going to have a winner and a loser. Put it that way. Or because we've, we've split on so many, we're going to tie. Oh, but we're gonna we're gonna nail the the rumble winners. So. Oh, we definitely are. We definitely are. Yeah. All right. So we're gonna talk about the men's thirty man Royal Rumble over the top rope elimination match. The confirmed entrance for this match: Elias, Randy Orton, Randy, Shinsuke Nakamura, John Cena, Finn Balor, Baron Corbin, Broken Matt Hardy, Bray Wyatt. Rusev, Aiden English, <laughs> Paulo Cruz, <laughs> Titus O'Neil, <laughs> The Miz, Ty Dillinger, Big E, Kofi Kingston, and Xavier Woods. 
clearly that is like, you know, 12 people. I think you're missing. So, uh, no, I don't believe I did. Uh, so yeah, only having 12 to 14 people actually in this match so far leaves a lot of question marks. Um, yeah. obviously, go ahead. This is the good and the bad because, um, for me, first off, this is, in terms of the male side, this is one of the least anticipated Royal Rumbles in history. They've done nothing to make this even feel important on television. Uh, they haven't filled spots. There are guys who haven't made it a point that they want to be in this thing. Um, I think, did you have... I believe Bobby Roode was officially entered, too. I could be wrong, but... Um, I'm playing Wikipedia. Yeah, I don't know. But in any event, um, yeah, to me this is is a rumble nobody really feels has has at least portrayed as being important. Um, and a lot of attention is being paid to the women, and rightfully so. But uh, for less than half the field is official. It feels like there's been no real emphasis put on this on television. Um, and the other problem that I think WWE has is when you leave 15 uh, open spots, you open yourself up to the idea that there's going to be a bunch of major surprises and shocks for the fan base and you set them up for disappointment when it's, you know, fucking gold dust. Um, it is what it is. Uh, if I'm picking a winner, I've said before, I'll say it again, my money is on Shinsuke Nakamura because I think it's how you get to him and AJ at WrestleMania, which is, I think, ultimately where we're going. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, I didn't see anything about Bobby Roode, but Obviously, you know, he's somebody that could be in here. Uh, Roman Reigns is somebody who doesn't have anything going on right now. Um, no you know, Dolph you look Ziggler? At, no Dolph Ziggler, obviously. You got other guys like Heath Slater, Rhino, um, you know, uh, uh, Brizango, mm -hmm. uh, The Ascension. That's, those are going to be a lot of the seed filler guys here. But, yeah, only 17 names announced so far for, the, for this one out of the 30. So, yeah, again, we'll probably see one or two NXT guys, and maybe one or two returning guys, and possibly uh, a you know either return from injury or for Big Cass. He's one of those guys that's probably pretty close for it. Mm. Um, otherwise, yeah, I don't think Jeff Hardy's ready to come back. No. Um, I can't really think of anyone else. So let's, that's, let's have a little fun so, with this so. prediction, Troy. First off, who do you have winning? Oh, boy. Um... It's tough because I don't see anyone from Raw winning, you know, just because of the fact that we've obviously got, you know, Bray, um, not Bray, sorry, Brock and, and Roman seems to be the way to go, so unless Roman wins the thing, actually. Um, so I, I as well have to go with Shinsuke. He's the only buddy on SmackDown that I really see as a conceivable person to win it. All right, so let's do this. What do you think is the biggest surprise entrant of this year's Royal Rumble? Because there's got to be at least one or two. Uh, uh -huh. And you even you also, let's do this other one, too. You also said you think there'll be one or two NXT guys. Who do you think will be the NXT guys? Okay. Uh, in terms of NXT guys, I And this think... is a spot, let, let's, let's not forget, this is a spot that's gone to guys like Bo Dallas. This is a spot that's gone to guys like Big E. Uh, Rusev, this is a spot for guys they're planning on calling up soon who they have plans for. So Right. Uh, obviously, Sami Zayn, and, uh, Sami Zayn and Ty Dillinger being the two last guys that uh, that got called up from there. Um, I am going to say Aleister Black. 
Okay. And I do believe that it leads to a call-up. Okay. So you don't think they're going to put Alistair in the main event program down in NXT? No. Okay. Huh. Interesting, interesting pick there. Um, you said two. Do you want to go for a second one? Oh, okay. Um, you said you guessed two NXT guys, so. Yeah, that's true. I did I did say that. that yes. is, those are words that came out of my mouth. <laughs> um, Eric Young. Interesting. Uh, and I say interesting because I, too, was going to say Eric Young as a choice. Uh, <laughs> he's not doing anything else right now. Right, exactly. And he's not on the takeover card, so it would make all sorts of sense. Yeah. Um, so I will go with Eric Young as well. Um, and my second choice uh, in terms of who I think could be an entrant and a surprise entrant from NXT at least, um, it, it's tough. There are a lot of possibilities I'm going to go No Way Jose. Okay. I don't think, I, I think he has sort of that Bo Dallas thing where he's, he, you know, the crowd will know him enough. He's got, a, he's, you know, he's got an entrance that's sort of exciting and it'll create a buzz for a minute as he dances, maybe do a conga line spot. I don't know. Uh, but I, I think he's in there. Okay. Uh, now, in terms of the biggest surprise entrant, the AJ Styles spot, if you will, the guy you don't expect to be on the show, uh, but shows up and is a big, big player going forward. Uh, as much as it kills me to say it, I'm going to say, who's that jumping out the sky? R-E-Y Mysterio. Here we go. Hopefully not at number 30. <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe he'll be the uh, the new GM of 205 Live. Yeah, that's always possible. Which was Kurt Angle's job at one point. They just didn't um, you know, mention Care anymore. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with a guy we talked about a little bit earlier. I think this is going to be EC3. Okay. Or EC Palm sign. <laughs> Hashtag. That, oh, I just, oh, I just showed my age. Son of a bitch. Yes, you did. <laughs> All right. We've got... The women's Royal Rumble match. The list of confirmed entries are the entire rosters of Raw and SmackDown. <laughs> but we're gonna minus, go minus Charlotte and Alexa. Minus Charlotte and Alexa, and minus Paige due to due to her not being, you know, cleared anymore. Naomi, Asuka, Ruby Riot, Natalia, Sasha Banks, Bailey, Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville, Carmella, Tamina, Lana, Liv Morgan, Sarah Logan. Mickey James, Nia Jax, Becky Lynch, Alicia Fox, Dana Brooke, and the people that I threw at the bottom here are <laughs> ones that are not confirmed but heavily, heavily rumored. Eva Marie, Stephanie McMahon Helmsley, and Ronda Rousey. I could totally see Eva Marie coming in very quickly for the heat spot, just as like yeah. a guest. Oh, yeah. She ain't winning the damn thing, but no. But the announcer there... voice, that that entrance, I could totally see that. I think that'd be great. Plus, oh. it would make Adam shit his pants, which is always you know, very great. much so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, this one for me is is difficult because obviously there's a lot of different ways they could go here. Um, we could easily see some craziness where Carmella cashes in the money in the bank because Charlotte will be ringside. Um, because let's not forget she's got that. 
And and once you forget that they've got the money in the bank, that's usually when they strike. And she's running out of time with it because it's the first pay per view after WrestleMania, I believe. So yes, yes, very much so. Um, you've also got the fact that you know um, neither of the women's champion right, champions right now are really entrenched in that belt because you can take it off them and they're both both be fine. I've kind of gone back and forth in it, but I think as a reward for all the work she's done, Sasha Banks is winning this. Really? That's a dark horse pick. I wouldn't have expected you to go there. Uh, That is is an interesting, interesting selection. Um, All right. Uh, I guess we'll do the same thing here we did before. Who, uh, If you had to pick two NXT call-ups for this Rumble, and I imagine we may even have more than two in this, uh, who who are the two you think you would say? Were you going to make your pick? I could do that, too. Um, I'm going to go a little off the beaten path here. I am going to say... Alicia Fox. I'm going to say Ronda Rousey is in this thing, and I'm going to say Ronda Rousey wins this thing. And, I think that... Uh, I, I love... I Look, I love Ronda and well, her oversized clit, but that's a complete slap in the face to the women's roster but let to me, have let me, a men and win it. Sure, but let me explain this to you. How is that any different than, than Triple H winning it two years ago? And not only winning it, but winning it for the world championship. Because Triple um, H was a wrestler for 15 how is, years. How is that any different than Goldberg taking the title off Kevin Owens? This is what they do. This is what they do. They sacrifice the current talent for the big press at WrestleMania. And here's where I see this playing out. I think Ronda wins the title here. I think Asuka, in between now and the pay-per-view in, in WrestleMania, defeats Alexa Bliss for the women's championship. And we have the undefeated streak and the championship of Asuka versus Ronda Rousey in her singles debut. Yeah, could be. I'm not. I'm not saying that it's not possible. If I'm booking it, if only there was an episode somewhere where we could book WrestleMania. I don't know. Weird. Yeah. yeah weird. Strange. Um, yeah. No, that's what I'm going with. But uh, in terms of NXT call-ups, let's do two on the women's side. Like I said, probably going to be more just from a standpoint of needing bodies for this thing. Um, who, who do you got? Uh, there's an easy route to go um, on it, but uh, I'm going to say that I think it's going to be... Oh, man, so hard. Uh, I'm going to say Nikki Cross is one of them. Okay. Um, simply because if you have Eric, have Eric Young and Nikki Cross both come up in the Rumble, then you can easily just bring Sanity with them and have that be a complete faction there. Um, Obviously, you know what I'm dancing around because it seems like they're a lock for it. So I'm trying to think of somebody other than the Iconic Girls. Um, Man, it's it's fucking difficult. I guess guess I'm just going to have to... Yeah, I guess I'm just going to have to go with Peyton Royce, even though you could just put the iconic girls as both of them. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going to go because I like to be right. I'm going to go with uh, the iconic girls because I think they're the obvious ones. Yeah. Um, but I w- it wouldn't shock me. I-, I-, I mentioned earlier I'm picking Shayna Baszler to win the championship. It wouldn't surprise me to see Ember Moon in this thing and have that be her call-up too. Yeah, yeah, there's there's that possibility as well. Um. 
I'm trying to think of the the other women that would be potentially ready, but you know, none of us really thought that Liv Morgan was ready because nobody had seen her for a while. I so. still don't think Liv Morgan's ready. <laughs> none of us true. thought Nia Jax was ready, and guess what? We were fucking right. Yep. Amazing. Um, but no, there's also you know untapped female talent um, that could be brought you know straight up from developmental right to the main roster. Mm-hmm. It won't be Aaliyah, I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, you you could you could make a case for Kyrie Sane to sure. just have her bypass it, um, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think that they intend to build. I think they intend to build her like like Asuka down there. Yeah. Um. You could you could make the case for Candice L- LeRae mm-hmm. bypassing NXT as well, yep. but she doesn't really have that name recognition. No, and I think we got to have her around for Johnny Gargano's spot with Zelina Vega. Right. So, all right. In terms of biggest surprise on the women's side, Troy, what's, what's your pick here? Okay. So I want you to take out the binoculars that you have sitting next to your window there that you like, use to spy on your neighbor, and look far off into the distance. And far off into the distance, you will see a tree limb. That's my pick. I'm going that far out on a limb. And I'm going to say karma. Interesting. Well, we know they, they like their celebrity tie-ins, and with her success on Glow, that would seem to make some that's, sense to That's me. my exact reason why I'm saying it. Uh, for my pick, it's probably a little more of a... Don't do um, it. ...of an easy guess, <laughs> I guess. But like I said, I like to be right... Uh, to me, the main reason we didn't see this person on Monday night is because they're keeping her fresh off people's minds to have her be the big surprise in this rumble. I'm saying it's Lita. Oh, okay. Yeah, I could see that. Who did you think? I, was, oh, I thought you were going to say Stephanie. Oh, no, I, I think she's winning Because like it. to be right. Yeah, no, I think she's winning it. So. Did I <laughs> pick a winner? Oh, I picked Ronda, yeah. You picked Ronda? Yeah, no, I, th- I think Stephanie's winning it. I'm just hoping Ronda wins it, so. There we go. It's a better story. So that does it for our predictions, and we'll uh, keep track of these, and we'll find out next week who is uh, more right than the other. That's right. That's right. But before we get into the end of the show, which I know you're all anxiously awaiting, (laughs) we've got some independent dates to talk about. And we're going to start things off with the NWL, the National Wrestling League, and they are heading to Kansas City at the Turner Rec Center in Kansas City, Kansas, January 27th. The doors open at 6.30, showtime at 7 p.m. Child ticket pricing is not available at ringside. No exceptions. Stop asking. I know. Your main event is a six-pack challenges Bolt Brady, Niles Plunk, and Lionel Hollett. Take on Mike Outlaw, Royal Blood Jet Royal, and Davey Vega. Michael Strider takes on Matt Fritchett. Everett Connors will be live in concert. Thor Terrio will take on ACH. Jack Foster will take on Maddox. And Maverick will face Anthony Sharkbake Shark, shark bait Gutierrez. We will also have women's matches. Marty Bell will take on Hudson Envy. Go to nwleague.com for more information. <clears throat> I, hold on a second. I gotta get a little bit, a little bit of that. All right. ICW Rated R Wrestling heads to the La Pica Lounge in Milwaukee, yeah. Wisconsin, January 28th. Doors open at 2:30 p.m. Bell time is 3 p.m. All tickets are only $15. And we will have all four titles on the line in the New Year's Battlefield. The ICW World title will be defended in a fatal four-way match as Jet Joey Avalon takes on the Greek franchise GQ Giannos, Ice Pick Vic Capri, and the last real man, Silas Young and his magnificent mustache. Who's the champion there? I believe Joey Jet Avalon is. Okay. 
The uh, <laughs> I know. I, I noticed it, too. The ICW Tag Team Championship will be a rematch as the No Man Movement with Meat Man will take on Evil Shadows 2.0, Stacy Shadows, and Evil Sierra. Which is, of course, two men versus two women, so. Yes. I think, right? Is No Man Movement two men? Well, that's, that makes, I believe so. All right. Anyways. But that makes the whole No Man thing even better because they're taking on two women, see? That's right. The ICW Alternative Championship will be online in a Southside Street Fight as Dysfunction takes on Bobby V. Not that one. Not that one. The high-class villains Mo Foley with Rocky King will take on Pitstain. Riot starter Vinny Riot will take on angry shooter Scott Marciano. The ICW Midwest title will be on the line as Jacob Hoffman defends against the fabled one Aesop Mitchell. Hot Topic Tyler Baggins will take on Jay Cash. AC Riley will take on Garrison Creed. Dana Adiva will make her ICW debut. Plus, TW3, Blackwell and Cato, Straight Hatred, Pitbull, Zach McGuire, and there more. There you go. Good, good, good. You got the it name right this time. actively in my mind as there I was go. getting to it. Uh, that's not all, though. Liberty States Wrestling presents Winter Warfare on Saturday evening, February 3rd, from the John McCarthy Elementary School in Peabody, Mass. The card's shaping up like this. Liberty States Heavyweight Champion Brick Mastone defends against former champion Christian Casanova. For the Liberty States No Limits Championship, Nico Silva will defend against the former champion Todd Sopel. Setherin with Vanity Vixen will take on Nick Westgate. Uh, Retro Anthony Green, former sit-down guest, will take on Brett Domino. Also appearing the 2017 Opportunity Knox contract holder, the selfie-made man, Vern Vicalo, Danny Miles, fabulous Johnny Vegas, Christopher James, D.L. Hurst, and more. Tickets are just $10, general admission, and doors open at 6.30 p.m. Bell time is at 7. No? All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The NWO of the National Wrestling League is headed to Joplin, Missouri. February 3rd, 2018, at the Joplin Memorial Hall. Doors open at 6.30 p.m. Show is at 7. Child ticket pricing is not available at ringside. Seriously. The NWL Championship will be on the line as current champion Jeremy White will face off the off against the mile-high magnum Dak Draper. The NWL Tag Team Championships will be on the line as the foundation. Ace Steel and Michael Strider will defend against Friendship Team 9000, Jet Royal, and Sharkbait. Gary J. defends the spirit of the NWL title against Lionel Howlett. Maverick takes on Jack Foster. Everett Connor takes on Thor Terrio. The Finger, Frankie Falcone, takes on the plunger Paul Marcom. <laughs> I'm fine with that. And Niles Plunk will face... Good finger plunger. <laughs> I got it. And Niles Plunk will take on Flex Zerba in a grudge match. Go to nwleague.com for more information you pause there i wasn't sure i just went with i was like fuck it <laughs> bruce city wrestling brings the aftermath as we start a new chapter on saturday february 17th we move to a new bigger venue that is also on the bus line in waukesha wisconsin as they head to the elks lodge bell time is at 7 30 doors open at 6 45 tickets are 20 dollars reserved ringside 16 dollars advanced pre-sale on bruce city wrestling the number one dot com but 18 dollars at the door we will have a special meet and greet with WWE legend Native American Tatanka and wrestling legend Kevin Sullivan at 6:15. The cost of that is $10, and all ages are welcome. Already signed for the show, Bruce City Wrestling World Champion Max Holiday will defend against Tokyo Monster Kahagas. WWE legend the Native American Tatanka will take on Rage Mitch Blake. Special guest wrestling legend Kevin Sullivan will be in attendance. 
Head over to BrewCityWrestling1.com and for more Fandemonium matches that will be announced soon, follow them on Twitter at BCW1 or go to Facebook.com slash BrewCityWrestling1. Jason. Yes, Lucky Pro Wrestling presents Homecoming. Leave your gowns at home. This is a wrestling event. Saturday, February 24th at the Elks Hall in Clinton, Massachusetts. I'm not going to do the Clinton voice like Adam. I'm just going to say it. Uh, tickets to the event are just $15 with a four-pack available for $50. Doors open at 6.30 p.m. with a special champion photo op with the fans in the ring before the event. There is no added fee for this photo. The live wrestling will start at 7.30 in the main event, the LPW Heavyweight Championship will be on the line as the selfie-made man, Vern Vicala, with Jillian Lee, defends against Kenny Dykstra of the Spirit Squad. The LPW Women's Championship will be on the line as Adira defends against Rosalina. <coughs> what? In a special challenge match, Davian will take on Alicia Edwards. Sweatboy Christopher James with Danica will take on Todd Sopel. The Aristocrats, Tomahawk and Zachary Pierre Ballou, will take on Anthony Stone and the Riot, Kellen Thomas. LPW Tag Team titles on the line as the Heat, Ilya Markopoulos and Christian Casanova take on Anthony Green and Scotty Slade. LPW Hard Knocks champion Brick Mastone, fabulous Johnny Vegas will be in the house, and many, many more. Plus, the return, as we mentioned, of the champion's photo op. Get your picture taken with all the current LPW champions free with admission. For more information, check out LuckyProWrestling.com. Tickets will be on sale on the one-stop shop in January. It's already January, so I'm not going to say that part. Uh, When booking... I'm not reading that again. Uh, When looking for holiday shopping in the Clinton Mass area, please visit the one-stop shop, 10 High Street. Why are we advertising the one-stop shop? Adam's got to take that. You know what? That's... There we go. Done. Uh, Also, UFO Wrestling returns to Malden once again for February vacation. Tickets are just $12 and can be purchased at the door, or you can reserve your front row seat by purchasing your ticket at paypal.me slash patrickdillon. Use the family and friends feature. Plenty of free parking. It is handicapped accessible. Doors open at 7 p.m. UFC Bellator. World Series of Fighting vet and current CES MMA fighter John Doomsday Howard will be doing a meet-and-greet on behalf of 666 Fightwear. All meet-and-greet fans will need a paid admission ticket to take advantage of the meet-and-greet. $30 gets you a 666 Fighterwear t-shirt, one autograph, and one photo op with your own camera. $50 gets you a front-row seat, a t-shirt, one autograph, and one photo op again with your camera. So far announced... The matches are the main event will feature the UFO heavyweight champion, the Kingpin Brian Malonis, teaming up with the UFO tag team champions, the cool people, as they face picture-perfect selfie-made man Vern Vicalo, perfect Dan Terry, and Aaron Amadeus. The dynasty Bo Douglas defends the UFO United States Championship against the professional Channing Thomas. The heavenly bodies will take on the team of Falaba and Makua. The mosh pit matchup will take place with Slamdance Tim Lennox, Sully Banger, and more participants to be named later. Belmont will take on Jocelyn. We're going to see Davian versus Casey Carlisle. Benny Jux takes on Ovid Connor Davies and much, much more. February vacation. Check out UFO Wrestling on Facebook for more information. All right, and that does it for the rundown for this Thursday, January 25th, 2018. It has been one week since I was able to come up with something funny for this bit. Follow us on Twitter at Rundown Podcast. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rundownwrestling. Email the show at rundownwrestling at gmail.com. 
Leave us a voicemail like the one that I failed to play that Sal left us at 617-863-6967 at 61rundown7. Uh, we are also on Patreon. Be like Mike Smathers or John Venrick. Head over to patreon.com slash rundownwrestling to become a patron. Currently, there's just one reward level, the Rundowner, which for $5 a month grants you one patron-only episode. Check out the Slash Sanitarium if you're a fan of horror. Listen to our friends the Kingpin, Brian Malonis, and Mike Crockett on the wrestling podcast about nothing with new podcasts every Monday. Go to Facebook.com slash the WPN or www.thewpan.com. Not Have WWE, that's not going to work. Sorry, www.thewpan.com. <laughs> There's too many W's in that. <laughs> that's okay. They never they never actually mentioned me on the show, so that's fine. I don't have to read their shit cleanly. <laughs> uh, check out our new friend Justin Michaels on his show Yesterland Waltz on Tough TV. Subscribe to the Rundown Wrestling Podcast to hear our other shows. NXT Revisited, The Rundown Sit-Down, WrestleMania Salvation, Glow Stick, and the Nitromania Podcast. Thanks. Are you going to do the postscript this week? Uh, if I need to. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> All right. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Jason. Thanks, Troy. And a special announcement, if you are still, uh, still on here, head on over to questendnetwork.com and vote for our new logo for 2018. Voting is currently going on as we speak, and we will announce next week, right before the show, which our new logo will be. And uh, but So make sure you get in there before Wednesday of next week. And again, thanks to Jason for our theme song. Next week, we bring you Royal Rumble Review, as well as the, the review of NXT TakeOver Philadelphia. And we find out who is more right than the other one. That's right. All right. So be sure to, sure to tune in there. Again, like I said, head over to questonnetwork.com not only to vote on the new logo, but also to check out all the other great podcasts that we have on the Questionable Endeavor Network. And until then, bye-bye. See you next Thursday. The Rundown Wrestling Podcast was created and subsequently raped by Adam Salzer and is produced and edited by Jason Stewart. This episode was hosted by two motherfuckers, Jason Stewart and Troy Bozen. We are a member of the Questionable Endeavor Network, so check out all of our other shows, including the other wrestling shows, the Raw Attitude Podcast that fails to mention that we exist, and the New Blood Rising Podcast that fails to remember that they're part of a network. The horror podcast is Slash Sanitarium if I ever decide to dust off the cobwebs of my microphone and actually record another episode. And this is the Shadowbane Podcast, which returned with another H.P. Lovecraft story that nobody really cares about. As well as the rest of our shows, Taco Tuesday, whatever that is, Words of Geekdom, Phone Stars, The Reanimated Podcast, and Nerd Control. You can find all that and more at questonnetwork.com. Tune in next week for an all-new episode of the Rundown Wrestling Podcast.